Welcome to the SaaS Revolution show, bringing you front row seats to the SaaS Revolution. I'm your host, Alex Humer, and uh, really excited to be joined today by uh, an alumni of Oxford University, uh, McKinsey & Company, and Y Combinator, uh, and now founder and, uh, and CEO of exciting fintech company, GoCardless. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Hiroki Takeuchi. Hi, thanks for having me. No, it's a, a pleasure to have you on the show. Is it is it correct to say alumni of McKinsey, or is it more uh, correct to say uh, McKinsey Mafia? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd say uh, alumni. I, I, I okay. don't know uh, what the mafia consists of yet. Okay. It's not, I, I wouldn't say it's as impressive as the PayPal mafia. Let's put it that way. Okay, I've heard, I've heard McKinsey Mafia before, so I just wanted to <laughs> wanted to check. Um, so um, yeah, really great to have you on the show, Hiroki. Um, you know, I always kind of start off by obviously you, you know allowing the guests to introduce themselves, introduce their company, you know, for the audience. So yeah. um, first question is, you know, who is uh, Hiroki uh, Takeuchi? Uh, <laughs> so um, I'm the, the founder and CEO of GoCardless. Um, I started GoCardless about just over five years ago with uh, a couple of mates of mine, Matt and Tom, um, and have been running GoCardless since. Before that, as you, as you kind of uh, said, I used to be at McKinsey. I worked a lot with uh, financial services companies and uh, banks around the world, actually. Um, and before that, uh, was at Oxford University studying maths. Okay, and um, what is uh, GoCardless? What problem are you solving? Yeah, um, so what we do is we help businesses to collect recurring payments, and, and we, we do that by building technology on top of bank-to-bank -to -bank payment systems. Um, and, and really, like the reason we, we do that is because we believe that um, if you look at the way that payments work, that there's not actually been that much innovation uh, at a fundamental level. Um, and in the long term, we believe that actually uh, what payment systems will look like is bank-to-bank uh, -bank payments um, as opposed to going through complicated networks like the credit card networks. Um, and so what we do is we, we build technology on top of those to give businesses access to those kind of uh, payment systems that right now are quite clunky and old still, but really great for specific types of payments like recurring payments. So. Um, we've been going for uh, just over five years, as I said, and we're now helping uh, over 20,000 businesses across the UK and Europe to collect payments each month uh, and collecting about $2 billion a year for those, for those businesses. So I understand that uh, GoCardless pivoted from its uh, original idea. Um, you know, what was the original idea and why the pivot? Yeah, no, uh, it's a it's a good point. Um, I mean, obviously, we didn't wake up one morning and say, "Hey, like, we really want to create a bank-to-bank -bank pay payment network." It's quite a, a specific thing to to be working on. Um, so, the, the original idea that we were trying to solve was one that was uh, something that we we we'd all experienced as as founders, which was trying to help groups to collect money. So, you know, whether it was uh, sports clubs where you know you're the captain of your local football team and you wanted to collect um, subscription fees each week or you're going on holiday with your friends and you know booking a villa together or something like that. Um, managing money in those situations we'd all had a lot of pain with and we were trying to build a tool for that kind of use case and as we were doing that we learned more about how payment systems worked, we learned more about just how broken the whole system was um, and it was really through that experience that we hit on this much bigger and more important problem, which is what we're working on today. 
Okay. Um, well, thanks. You, you know, for the the background to yourself and to go cardless, and you know, even including the uh, um, you know the understanding, the story of the uh, the, the pivot there. And uh, so, you know, each uh, episode of the, the SaaS Revolution show has a kind of you know particular angle, whether it be sales, marketing, customer success, or or whatnot. And uh, you know, today I, I'm I'm sort of looking at a, a sales focused angle, particularly looking at strategies. You know, selling to SMB and enterprise. Um, you know, of which uh, I think Go Cardless serve both, right? Yes. Um, so, so happy to uh, uh, cover those topics. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think we've probably got quite an interesting story on that angle, actually. Excellent. All right, let's do this. So, um, you know, as as the co-founder and, and CEO of the company, you know, did you lead sales? You know, in the beginning, the first year, you know, for the first two years, are you still leading sales? Um, so, so actually, um, I, I think our story is a little bit different. So, so I wasn't the one that was um, leading on sales. It was actually my co-founder Matt that was focused more on the sales and, and the distribution side of things. Um, and, and I was always more focused on the product um, historically. And I think you know, one of the things that we've always had at the heart of the company as product. Um, we've, we've always believed that that's what's going to be our competitive edge and that's what's where we're going to make the difference. Um, in term, and and the, oh, the reason we kind of, we actually got away with not having a, a really meaningful sales function until relatively late on in the company's life um, because in the, in the very early days we were, we were helping really quite small businesses, almost like micro SMBs, uh, to get access to this kind of payment infrastructure. Um, and most of our growth came from actually more organic channels. So we had quite a few partnerships um, that really offered distribution channels and, and hubs of, of potential merchants. So uh, our first example of that was uh, Cashflow, which is a, an online accounting software uh, that um, was pretty big in the UK. Um, and uh, those guys integrated with GoCardless. So they were actually our first ever integration, um, and that was what really kickstarted our growth. Um, so, so you know, it's funny actually. In the, in the very early days, I remember we went through a period of probably nine to twelve months where we used to call it growth by surprise because uh, we were just growing like 40 percent each month, but we weren't doing any sales, we weren't doing any marketing. It was all really coming inbound. Uh, and that was it. That's where we really were able to sort of get the initial growth engine and, and uh, get takeoff, so to speak. Okay, um, uh, interesting to hear that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I know cash flow. Well, we've actually had Dwayne Jackson on the yeah. uh, on, on the show before. I think he's yeah, he's a great his, guy. He's on his uh, second uh, SaaS uh, startup now. Yeah. Um, Subdate, uh, I believe it's called. Yeah. Um, exactly. uh, so okay, so you, you you focused on product, and you, you know a lot of the early sort of sales were. Uh, we're, we're inbound. One of your co-founders was um, leading sales or handling the inbound, uh, uh, you know, as, as such. Uh, you know, w- at what point did you actually, you know, hire your your first salesperson that wasn't, you know, part of the co-founding team? Yeah. So um, I'd say it was probably about two to three years in, uh, between two and three years in to to the start of the company, um, and. We uh, the the reason we actually started was because so so really the only way we interacted with our customers was through customer support. So it, that was very reactive. It was sort of people who were self serve serving on the product, and you know we had a, an automated online sign up uh, process. People would just get started using Go Go Cardless without really talking to us. We didn't have anything in in the way of real sales at that point. And then we started noticing that, you know, we were getting phone calls from companies that were quite big. So 
you know, um, we've been... One of the first ones was actually The Guardian, uh, who got in touch, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're thinking about using GoCardless. And we kind of realized, like, oh, well, that's quite a big company. That's quite different from the, the micro SMBs that we've been working with uh, up until that point. And so, you know, we, we felt like, actually, um, maybe there was a, a bigger opportunity outside of just uh, these sort of SMBs that we really started with. Um, and in order to work with them, we quickly realized that you can't just leave them to self-serve. They, re they really need more hands-on support. And, and so in the very early days, actually, our sales was much more like um, hands-on customer support to help these businesses get ramped up. And, and then as that progressed, it, it quickly turned into sales. So you know, we then um, started hiring salespeople, gone through a few iterations of different models for how to sell, uh, and, and now we, we have a, a, a much more uh, uh, sort of robust sales process and, and, and probably much more uh, close to what a typical SaaS company would, would, would be looking at. Okay. Um, uh, so great insights there. I think um, you, you've, you answered a, a part of the next uh, sort of three questions in, um, uh, in that. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> um, you, you know, so uh, I, I guess sort of, you know, go cardless, you know, you wouldn't or would you, you know, describe yourself as a SaaS company? It's more like fintech. Um, I mean, you don't yeah. have the traditional SaaS model, right? Yeah. So do you know what? Like, uh, um, in a way, I feel like actually, uh, so when I think about the business, the, the types of companies and the advice that mm. hits home and resonates the most is always SaaS, yeah. uh, SaaS companies. Um, so in, in, in many senses, I, I see it as actually very, uh, very much as a SaaS company. Um, it, I actually think of us as almost like SaaS on steroids because um, unlike a typical SaaS company where you know, you'd be selling a, you know, a fixed contract, which would be like you know, 100 bucks a month or 1,000 bucks a month or something like that, we have... Our, our uh, revenue is all tied to transaction volume. And because we're doing recurring payments, that transaction volume is, is very sticky. So almost we're, we're almost constantly uh, renewing our customer base. It, it is one way to think about it, right? We don't have like fixed contract terms where we say, okay, you're going to use this for 12 months and then you're going to get to the end of your 12-month period. We're going to have a talk and we're going to try and renew your contract. Every month... Uh, our merchants are thinking, okay, will I will I put volume through GoCardless? And you know, we've been able to create a very very loyal customer base. And you know, off the back of that, we've actually, you know, we, we kind of, in many ways, we model our revenue and the way we think about our financials in, in a SaaS way. And you know, we've got net negative churn of thirty uh, percent uh, on a revenue basis. Uh, so you know, um, it's, it's it's kind of got a lot of the benefits of, of SaaS and, and actually uh, even even more so in certain, in certain regards. Okay, um, so I mean, in, in SaaS, uh, you, you know, some well, there's a lot of great advice out there, you know, from influencers like Jason Lemkin and uh, and others. Uh, I mean, particularly from uh, from Jason, you know, he talks about um, you know as you go from one to t or the route, the quickest route to one to ten million ARR is you know focusing on the, the segment that works, and you know if SMB is working, you stay there, you know, you focus mm -hmm. on that, you double down. Um, you know, and only after 10 million ARR, you know, you then start to sort of move to uh, to enterprise or SMB, depending on what you've been focused on. So you mentioned, I think, earlier that, you know, after a couple of years, you had the likes of The Guardian, you know, starting to contact you on, on, on sort of inbounds. Mm -hmm. So w was that, you know, being sats on steroids, um, you know, uh -huh. did you kind of, you know, uh, follow that path, uh, um, you know, focusing on uh, SMBs for the first sort of few years to, 
um, you know, get to. I mean, you don't obviously have to disclose in terms of you know the, the annual recurring revenue. Um, but uh, you know, is, is that sort of true to you? Uh, yeah, so I mean, actually, I think that we probably moved uh, towards enterprise earlier um, than, than Jason's uh, recommendation. Uh, we didn't know about that recommendation at the time, so maybe we should have focused just on SME at the time. But, um, but uh, for us, actually, like moving towards uh, enterprises helped us think about the product a lot, and. Um, We've we've actually been able to improve the product quite a lot for the smaller uh, customers through the, the 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 sort of direction that we were getting from the larger ones as well. So you know, I, I think that in a way, uh, what we found was that going into and and, and we say enterprise, I mean like we, our biggest customers are still not what I would consider full enterprise customers, but um, but going um, after that larger segment of customers has definitely helped us. Uh, inform our product development and, and and sort of strengthen both sides of, of that um, equation. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely we definitely pick that path of saying, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on one customer segment and then move up, um, but we just did it earlier on. Okay, and, and, and sort of talking about let's pick, you know, one customer segment, um, the SMBs. So you mentioned a lot of it's, um, you know, uh, self-service or, um uh, you had no, you know, sort of direct sales team uh, at the time, so it's mainly, you know, any questions through customer support. Um, you know, any more insights into the sort of strategy and, you know, getting uh, or selling to SMBs? Um, you know, what worked for you? What didn't work? Was there anything that didn't work at the beginning that you quickly, you, you know, turned off and you know tried something else? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that we learned actually pretty early on was that um, outbound. At, only really made sense at a larger scale. So, you know, one of the first things we tried actually was to start going outbound to walk to smaller businesses. Um, and we, we we learned pretty quickly that that was never going to be really like profitable enough to make sense. Um, whereas, you know, we're now experimenting again with outbound for the second time, but focus much more on the enterprise clients where, you know, um, you only need to win a few deals to, to, to really... Uh, make a difference. Um, so, so we've sort of all of our SMB activities been very inbound focused. Um, the things that the strategies that work well for us are, are really partnerships and um, having software providers integrate with our platform and enabling their customer bases to access GoCardless. That's been a very big driver for us, but both actually across uh, the small business, but also some of the larger businesses as well. We, we find that partnerships is a really, really important strategy for us. And then secondly, um, like in terms of marketing, we've never found that like the sort of paid marketing has been as big a driver for us. It's, it's all been actually more around content and driving search results through great content that has been the, the main driver from a, in terms of online direct uh, marketing um, so th those are the two strategies that have worked the best for us so far okay um, and I, I sort of noticed on your website I saw you know some great logos there um, you know uh, box or, or do we say box.com yeah. um, you know is uh, is a customer of yours mm -hmm. um, you know are you able to kind of share any insights as to you know how you manage to acquire box as a, as a customer uh, yeah so I mean um, Box.com is an interesting one because um, that, that's one where 
it's a, obviously a US company that's collecting uh, overseas, and and this is one this is one of the customers where actually our vision was really important. Um, they, they they started working with us really because they believed in what we were trying to build, and and actually even though when we first signed with them that we didn't really have the full product that they were looking for, that we just had one small piece of it, they were willing to sort of make a bet on that um, to build that relationship from early on because they really liked what we were trying to build in the long term. So, so that's one where you know, um, I was very much involved in the sale when I met the, the guys over there in, in, uh, in Silicon Valley. Um, and you know, and we were very much helped actually by the fact that um, the, the our, our sort of champion within Box uh, was uh, an ex PayPal employee and had always been pushing to build what we actually we're building today. Um, and so, you know, she she was very much a believer in what we were trying to do, um, and that I think that really taught us um, the, the value of um, having champions that really believe in in, in the vision. Um, but the, I, I, but I'd say that was a pretty atypical case uh, for us. Um, the, you know, that I wouldn't say most sales don't don't look like that. Um, and you know, if you, if I look at some of the other sales that we've done, um, I, I'd say that some of the the, the, the approach that I think that I, I'm most excited about that's been working well for us is really the, the sort of like land and expand model where you uh, work. work We've had a lot of success getting into fairly large organisations on new projects that weren't necessarily big revenue or volume drivers for us, um, but were attractive to the merchant because we were the quickest way to get their project off the ground. And then as we've demonstrated our value and built the relationship, that's been the platform that we've been able to go and sell to other parts of the business with. Um, so you know, there's there's a number of examples there. Like the Guardian is actually one of them. Um, you know, we went from just processing a very small amount of their revenue for a, a particular part of their digital product, and now they're moving over all of their uh, volume uh, for their paper subscriptions and everything else like that onto a new platform, and that's going to be powered by us. So you know, uh, we're really excited about that. But there's there's quite a few uh, examples like that which have been really important to us. So I think that, you know one of the things I'd say is that I'm a big believer in sort sort of picking out strategic deals that don't necessarily contribute to volume on day one and don't necessarily contribute to revenue on day one, but it's going to enable you to get that bigger sale longer in the longer run. Okay, awesome, great advice there. And um, now, just I think the final two questions we're we're moving off topic uh, from from sales. Um, but uh, so I, obviously, you know, uh, during the research, I've noticed that GoCardless has a, a roll call of uh, amazing investors. Um, you know, some great names there: uh, Balderton, um, Axel, uh, Passion, Y Combinator. I think the original investor, <coughs> Notion Capital. Um, you know, so this this is kind of you know top tier investors in in the company, uh, which obviously you know uh, gives great credibility. Uh, to, to you guys, you know, what, what, what's the secret to, to, to your pitch in, you know, getting these great investors on board? Um, you know, is, is there kind of any hints and tips for, for yeah. founders, um, you know, uh, that, that are looking to raise, that are listening to this with, you know, such top level investors that you can, that you can provide? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I thought about it a little bit um, before we talked. Um, and, and actually, unfortunately, I didn't have any kind of like 
silver bullets that, uh, that jumped out at me as sort of what the recipes for success. I mean, I'd say that um, we were really lucky to get onto the YC program uh, back in 2011, and that was definitely a, a really big help for us. Um, that that the, the the brand recognition and the uh, credibility that gives you is huge, um, and, and so that was definitely um, a big driver. I, I mean, I think actually the the, the best example for me of. Uh, of, of raising money was actually our, our first round out, out of y, y Combinator, our seed round, which is when Axel and, and Passion were, were both both uh, initially backed us. And um, my lesson from that was really about tenacity. Um, we had to speak to a lot of investors, you know, um, and had to go through a lot of no's. Um, so I remember, uh, I think we got something like 85 no's before we uh, uh, got any kind of real investment in that round. Um, and, you know, I remember thinking at the time, um, we were out in Silicon Valley um, and I was speaking to Matt, one of my co-founders, and, and we were like, do we think we should even go back to London? Like, you know, I'm not sure we can sort of face the shame of it if we don't manage to raise the, the round that we need. Um, and and so, we, you know, there were some real difficult points during that, but we didn't give up. We kept on flat plodding along. We kind of battered through the nose and you know eventually uh we met the guys at excel um and uh adam balkan actually who was at excel at the time really believed in i think actually more us than uh, the, the idea i think he would they, they were i think that he could sense our tenacity um and, and was, wanted to back us um and we were really fortunate with that so um um and we, we kind of almost in the last two weeks of that fundraising process, I think it was sort of maybe a three-month fundraising process. It felt like a lot longer, um, and uh, and it was it all came together in that last two weeks. Up until that last two weeks, we felt like we weren't we weren't going to get anywhere near what we wanted, um, and um, we really sort of were questioning whether we'd be able to continue the business. And um, and and so you know, for me, it just goes to show that you can go through some really bleak times in that fundraising process, but you just have to keep plodding along and and. and uh, believing in yourself and, and you know uh, having faith that it's going to come together in the end. Okay, yeah, uh, great story. And actually, similarly, we we had uh, the founder of Aircall uh, on here, and they graduated from five hundred startups, and I think he went through a hundred no's before they you know finally got the the, the yes. Well, oh, maybe we, we got it easy then. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you you did something a little bit better uh, than, than than he did, um, but uh, but I mean, maybe I've got to say though, after the first twenty or thirty no's, you you, you kind of lose the track, so uh, yeah. probably feels about the same. <laughs> I just wonder, is there like you, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people, um, you know, probably have the investor that they want to work with, you, you know, from the beginning, they know like, who they or you know who the dream one is, and maybe if it's Axel or Notion, you know, for instance. You know, should you you know wait to meet them until you've had you know fifty or sixty no's, so you've right refined um, your pitch? Do you or... know what? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think that you you can you can kind of over optimize these things. Yeah. And and actually, one of the lessons that I would say is that that I've had is that um, it's much more important who you're working with than as an investor than the brand name of the investor that you're working with. You know, um, I mean, we're really lucky enough to have some really great investors on board. But, you know, I wouldn't just go and work with any of them just based purely on their name. Um, I'm sure they wouldn't like me to say that, but, you know, it's really important that you get on with the, the people that you work with. Um, and, you know, ultimately, these are the, these are the guys that you're going to be accountable to and are going to be your, your boss in a way. Um, and, 
Um, and so, you know, uh, I think it's really important that um, you actually build the relationships um, as soon as possible rather than waiting. You know, um, if anything, I'd say if there's a particular investor you think would be a good uh, a, a good fit for your your company, then I would go and meet them before you're ready to raise money and really build the relationship over time. And, 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 and that's always been... Uh, a much stronger uh, position to raise money from. So both Bolton and Notion that came in at our later rounds, we met them years and years before they invested and um, and we were able to, we had such a, a, a close relationship with them already that it almost felt like a, a, the next phase of a, in a very natural sort of uh, development of a relationship rather than pitching from scratch something that, you know, is totally new to them. Okay, um, uh, you, you know, great advice there. And, uh, you know, final question, and I don't know if there's a, uh, a quick answer there, as I know we're, we're running out of time here, but uh, you know, why are GoCardless seeing great traction with, uh, with SaaS companies, um, you know, as, as I see and I understand? Uh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't catch the question. Yeah, sorry. Uh, why are GoCardless, uh, you know, seeing great traction with, uh, with SaaS companies? Oh, well, I mean, it, yeah, that, that, it, it's because... What we're building really is the best way to collect recurring payments and, and subscription payments. And so, you know, um, we're seeing a lot of traction with SaaS companies um, across all of our markets, actually, um, because this, we're a payment method that's almost designed specifically for these kind of companies, right? Um, so we're not focused on e-commerce. We're not focused on one-off transactions. We're just focused on making the best possible subscription experience. Um, and, and, and that makes a big difference to SaaS companies. Okay, um, well, great stuff, uh, Hiroki. It's been awesome having you on the uh, uh, on the podcast uh, today. Um, really, thank you for your time. Well, thanks um, for having me. Yeah, no, most welcome. And for those listening at home, uh, if you like this episode of the SaaS Revolution Show, we'd uh, really appreciate if you rate us on iTunes. And uh, we'll see you next time. Great.